Hi, I'm Gail from Europod. Before enjoying your podcast, allow me to say a few words about Europe Talks Back. In the third season of Europe Talks Back, I want to uncover the topics that matter or should matter to all of us. From gender to bodies and sex, digital to migration and urban landscapes, and everything in between. Rather than focusing on macro-level policies, let's zoom in and talk to the brave activists and volunteers with lived experience, who are working directly with marginalized communities to further equity, justice, and liberation for all. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So we are back here, after a full month of interviews, reads, phone calls, notes, and even dreams about Angela Merkel. We are all about to enter the room. And I still don't have my question. After all this time working on it, I just want to get the right one. I have around 10 of them on my notepad. And then, pages and pages filled with notes. This is a great opportunity for me. I can't blow it. She became the most important figure of Europe in the 21st century. But was it just collateral damage of pragmatic and Machiavellian-style politics? Was she always just looking out for German interest as any national leader and found Europe to be profitable for her country? Is there more to the story? Is Merkel European? This is what I need to get out of her. But how? My question to Angela Merkel. La mia domanda ad Angela Merkel. Ma question a Angela Merkel. Mi pregunta Angela Merkel. A Europod series. Episode 10. Angie and us. Before we say goodbye, let's rewind. Let's rewind the past year and a half on the pandemic. I'm not going to bore you with some long talk about it or how Covid was handled in Germany. Let's be honest, we are all fed up with this. However, I am going to tell you about how he reshuffled the cards for Angie, politically. Angie has always been popular in Germany. Her approval rate never went under 52%. In the past few years, there had been speculation about her health. She had been caught on camera shaking severely on multiple occasions in official settings. This had caused concerns that she repeatedly dismissed. Even then, she remained popular. But since the Covid crisis, the polls have exploded. More than 80% of Germans believed she was doing a good job. And yet, she's about to say Auf Wiedersehen. Alexis Tsipras. 
I don't know if it is positive for a politician not to have experienced this bitter taste of power loss because, and this happens for every person, this leads them to think twice about their own mistakes, to realize when their beliefs were right or wrong. So, I would say that this is probably the only drawback for someone who manages to stay in power for 16 consecutive years without losing any electoral contest throughout all this time. So, where does that leave the German political arena? I'm less interested in that, but what I can say briefly is, basically, Angela Merkel's departure will change German politics drastically. She managed to be the center of national politics for 16 years. She succeeded in limiting opponents within her party, and her ability to be seen as a centrist meant she was never really contested by opposition parties. Both the center-left, SPD, and the liberals, FDP, were in coalition with her, and every time, all the glory reigned on Merkel, while her junior coalition partners were suffering in the polls. For weeks, I wanted to make sense of the way Merkel approached the EU while in office. What made her stand? Everyone says she has no vision for Europe. Is that really accurate? What is Europe to her? Florence Autré, one of the best Merkelologists I know, is also a bit puzzled. Oui, je ne sais pas. In her view, Europe is not a project. It is not even an idea. It is what is happening now. It is the situation. It is a big market, imperfect institutions, relationships of power and a lot of money to share. It is a whole array of things. The last year has not helped make sense out of the whole thing because of this. Deshalb wollen wir einen zeitlich befristeten Fonds auflegen im Umfang von 500 Milliarden Euro. In May 2020, the 18th, Merkel and French President Emmanuel Macron presented a proposal for a 500 billion euro economic recovery plan. Aujourd'hui, cette initiative franco-allemande. A plan of loans and grants to tackle the disastrous effect of the pandemic. But what really made everyone's jaws drop to the ground was this. In order to fund the recovery plan, European debts to tackle the pandemic would be mutualized. Concretely, the European Commission is now raising this money from the financial market and will distribute the cash, not based on the country's populations, but more on their economic conditions and how they were affected by the pandemic. Angela Merkel agreeing to this idea of mutualized debt is a big thing. The German Chancellor has opposed very strongly this idea since 2010. And at the start of the pandemic, her answer to such plans was over my dead body. Angie, therefore, did a 180-degree U-turn on what had always been a strong stand when it came to the question of European debt. By agreeing with the French president on this plan, she went in a matter of seconds from a strong opponent to a frontline promoter. 
In the context of the pandemic, she clearly realized that a European response was necessary. Jean-Claude Juncker. As national actions would not be sufficient on their own. There would be too many serious contradictions between all the measures taken individually. Some still exist today. Her insight and understanding of things and mankind led her to the solution that Europe eventually adopted. She's not stubborn, as I was saying, she's a very good listener. She knows how to read the movements of history with precision, if need be. As such, she clearly realized that when the pandemic happened, time had come for Europe to act. I do not really like the expression, time has come, because it is widely used. But in this case, it was true. In the end, the European Commission, with Merkel's nod, proposed a recovery plan of over 750 billion euros, an amount which included the Franco-German proposal. But Angela Merkel's U-turn did not make this file easy, like the Netherlands, Denmark, Austria or Sweden, which fought Merkel's plan in June and July 2021. But eventually, they caved in. After a four-day summit between EU leaders, the longest ever recorded, the 27 found an agreement. The recovery plan was accepted, with some minor tweaks. Still, after 15 years of European presence, Angela Merkel could now brag about her European legacy, at last. I remember what Alexis Tsipras, the former Greek prime minister, said to me in our interview. If one-tenth of what is happening today would have happened in 2010, Europe would have avoided a very big crisis. Not so much the fiscal and economic crisis, but the political crisis. Because Europe and the euro may have survived from a purely economic perspective, but the political trauma, the cracks, the divisions, the conflicts that have given rise to an anti-Europeanism and an anti-European logic, that have fostered the populists of the far right who today strongly dispute the European project. All of this is due to the way the European Union and its leading power, Germany, have handled the crisis from 2010 onwards. After all, it was her leadership that paved the way for a different approach to the pandemic crisis. So, I believe that a leader's ability to learn from their mistakes is very important. However, mistakes are written in history. But what was the reason for Merkel's enthusiasm for this recovery fund? Well, first, the Covid crisis was not the Eurozone crisis. It was a fatality. And to make things worse, the most affected at the start of the pandemic were countries already in troubled waters during the financial crash. But this fatality changed everything. First, the German opinion changed. But also German business leaders realized that if countries like Italy, Spain or even France cannot recover from the Covid crisis, then Germany will suffer and the price tag could be twice, three times more than the EU recovery plan. Mutualized debt was serving German interest. 
Which again bears the question, is she only ever just watching out for Germany's interest? And she doesn't seem to hesitate when this interest is at Europe's expense. The way she just hopped out of nuclear energy with no warning. The way she's now supporting Nord Stream 2, for instance. And when I say Germany's interest, let's be clear about whose interest in Germany Merkel is watching out for. Merkel is an economically liberal member of a right-wing party. So when she's putting a halt on the 2013 European Agreement on Reducing Car Emissions and once in 2020, when she's backing down on putting pressure on Orban about the rule of law, she's defending the interest of the German car industry. And who do you think is pushing for Nord Stream 2? Business leaders, because they want cheap energy. And when she pushed for Orban to remain in the European People's Party, she was watching out for the weight of her own European party. One must admit that there was something a bit corrupted in German politics. Two major elements arise from her stance towards Hungary. On the one hand, this idea according to which her power at the EU level is based on the power of the European Popular Party, she then assessed, maybe wrongly, that it was best to include Hungary. On the other hand, Germany has massive industrial interests in this country. And yet, whatever we say, we still are consistently brought back to the idea that, nevertheless, she became Europe's central figure. It wasn't all her doing, but she fitted in with the European model she settled in, a liberal monetary union of free market and free trade. But she became so important and she stayed there so long that she molded the union to her image. She also worked in a similar way at the European Council, writing down notes and always chatting with everybody. At one point, she became so popular that all the EU citizens were interested in her, besides their own leader. Previously, each head of state would go back home after an EU summit, and everyone would listen to the narrative. Then the next day, you would read the newspapers and realize that the stories were very much different, each leader proclaiming the victory. However, Angela Merkel had been there for such a long time that she ended up emanating something that put her a bit above everybody else. And that is because she was powerful. This forced everybody to look at the European mechanism as something a bit more multilateral and intricate, so much so that some had to adapt themselves to this new system. Remember how, at first, she was very critical of the Franco-German couple. In 2004, she cheered the integration of Eastern European countries to the EU. She put herself forward as an Eastern European, and yet, she progressively became the epicenter of the centralized power in EU institution, sharing the central seat with the succeeding French presidents. 
θεωρώ ότι όσο το όραμα της Ενωμένης I think that as long as the vision of a united Europe begins and ends in a monetary union, which is a strategic choice that has not been challenged by Germany, France, the major EU countries, not only by their leaders over time, as, as long as the process of political integration remains stagnant, and above all, as long as inequalities between countries and citizens within Europe widen, a united Europe will continue to face existential dilemmas and thus a sense of alienation and a feeling that the most powerful country is making its mark on the EU and not the EU making its mark on the most powerful country. But I want to relieve Merkel of this responsibility. Europe is becoming more and more a German Europe, and Germany is becoming less and less a European Germany, regardless of Merkel's role. This happens because the strategy of political integration has not been chosen, but only the strategy of monetary and economic union. And in a monetary and economic union, de facto, the most economically powerful country will dominate. So, if we want to be not indulgent, but fair and objective towards Merkel's leadership, we will say that, despite the clear tendency of Europe in the direction I described earlier, she tried to make Germany think more in solidarity with the other countries. In other words, she tried to make Germany more European. And she did not succeed in making Europe less German, but she tried to make Germany more European. Those kind words of Alexis Tsipras on Angela Merkel's legacy are, I think, fascinating. In a way, they confirm my first thoughts. Merkel's European adventures got contrasting results. And even 16 years after she became Germany's first female chancellor, she remains a mystery, an enigma, full of paradoxes. She was first the main interlocutor for Eastern Europe, and promoted their integration. But more than anyone, she embodies a centralized power based on economic weight. And this integration was very beneficial for Germany. With the Lisbon Treaty in 2007, she drove an evolution of the EU towards a more political union and more democratic institutions. But the EU remains a network of opaque administration And on the day-to-day business, Angela Merkel looked okay with this opacity. And Merkel contributed to preserving the idea that the EU was a liberal monetary union before anything else. She was firm on not conceding to the xenophobic wave and took in over one million refugees in Germany. However, she passed an agreement with Turkey in 2016 which violated the Geneva Convention on the Rights of Asylum Seekers. She brought her Conservative Party towards a more centrist perspective on social issues, but thus participated in the rise of far-right extremists. She put forward the EU as a place that should harbour freedom, publicly condemned violation of the rule of law and of democracy by Hungary and Poland. Nevertheless, she was playing nice behind closed doors Some will say Angela Merkel never had a vision for Europe, 
they are partially right. When I talk to German colleagues, I'm amused to hear how they also say that Angela Merkel's indecisiveness, besides for the pandemic, is the only stable parameter of chancellorship. With my European views, I believe Angela Merkel is the embodiment of the European contradictions, a political project which does not fully get what it can entail, a project that took shape in the flow of the crisis and, dare I say, one of the many the EU has had in those past 16 years. Maybe Angela Merkel is the perfect image of what Europe is today. Okay, it's time. It's only a matter of minutes now. What am I going to ask her? What's going to be my one and only question? How had she seen Europe change during her time in office? How does she imagine Europe in 50 years? Was it all worth the wait? <sighs> Found it! My question to Angela Merkel. La mia domanda ad Angela Merkel. Ma question a Angela Merkel. Mi pregunta Angela Merkel. A Europod series. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Do you want to hear more podcasts that get to the bottom of things that stand out in the ambient noise? Join Europod. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and our newsletter. Follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. Discover our brand new website at www.europod.eu and join us in our fight. Europod. Clear the noise. Start to listen.